when did that start? Like your drive for entrepreneurship, right? You come from the fitness mm-hmm. world. I do too, but you stayed fit. I didn't. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm wearing a coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a reason I'm wearing a hoodie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Two different reasons, though. <laughs> You can't go through life thinking to yourself, every single day is going to be a perfect day and it's going to be exactly my routine. You have to have some flexibility in your life, yeah. right? You have to go with the flow because if you don't, that's going to be a stressor on you. There's actually a lot of value on sitting for a little bit and thinking, okay, what were the main points of this conversation that I just had? Like, this was absolutely amazing, but what are the lessons that I took? If you're not visible to anyone, for them to see that you're good at what you do, then it's really hard for them to make an assessment on the fact that that's something they want. Do you have any advice for like entrepreneurs that are hungry that you know they want to put their rocket ship in their back and, and kind of fly away into this world? First of all, anybody watching or listening to this, we've got some Hey, fresh, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. You and you're listening before. to the Content One, is Profit two, podcast. If you're enjoying this show, go ahead and follow it in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizBrosCo because it's gold every week. Yeah, it is. Yes, Absolutely. It is. And it a is. lot of bloopers. <laughs> a lot of bloopers for sure. If today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star I, review. I, and leave a, re- leave a review about our English too. Are you, are you nervous today? What's happening, Fonzie? Dude, you threw me a curveball. I'm like, Bro, what is going on right now? Your, your pimple is growing by the second. <laughs> Guys, the episode today, the person that we have here in the studio is definitely a family man. It's like, that's amazing. We've actually seen in person his family. It's a beautiful family. He started a company with $136, growing it into a million-dollar business in two months with no outside funding, let me say that. And he also has 17 years of experience in establishing, managing, and growing businesses, demonstrating a wealth of expertise on the field and his contributions to fitness management group include developing 200 plus jobs, achieving recognition as one of Chase Bank's fastest growing companies, and maximizing year over year sales, revenue, and growth. And he's here today wow. to tell us all the secrets of his new technology company and his publishing method. So, with that said, guys, please welcome the one and only Michael Benson. Let's go, Michael. <laughs> Now you're here. Now you showed up. Now, now you're here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no no pre-episode here. Yeah. We yeah. didn't talk before. We, we haven't talked Absolutely. for the, in the last 15 minutes at all. You know, we'll have to use that for some other content, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> Michael, what, welcome to welcome to the podcast, man. Tell you, man, the intro that you guys do on this is stellar. I felt Let's like I, was, I felt like I was walking out on stage. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, today I, yeah. think, I, I feel like you already saw the highs and the lows, let me tell you. <laughs> it's over, we're done. Yeah, you saw the, the you know, throwing curveballs, making fun of the pimple. You've seen it all already, and we, we're not even like 30 seconds we, in. We have a fourth guest, a second guest yeah. here in the studio, fourth person here. Mr. Pimple, fancy forehead. Mama, zoom in. Uh, <laughs> it's healing. It's healing. It's okay. I embrace it. You know. Oh, that's good. I, I I I have to have some flaws. You know. I have to be a pimple. That's it. Yeah. So Michael, honored to have you here, man. You know. Uh, obviously, we're gonna talk about the company that you're building, mm-hmm. all your expertise, right? But you know, I think we also think because you put your message out there, like you publish every single day, and I th- you know, we've worked together. You know, we the, our kids have played together. Uh, I'm curious. 
not everybody has the entrepreneurial bug and like the drive that you have. I think that's one of the things that really impressed me when I first met you and your wife. <laughs> and she's she's unfiltered <laughs> and she has no fear. So if you're driving and she thinks you know something She'll and not- you're parked in a parking lot, she will knock on your window. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very that's grateful awesome. that that happened, you know, but uh when did that start? Like your drive for entrepreneurship, right? You come from the fitness mm-hmm. world. We, you know, I do too, but you stayed fit. I didn't. And that's okay. <laughs> but obviously there, I, there's a reason why I'm wearing a coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not wearing a hoodie guys. <laughs> <laughs> Two different reasons though. <laughs> but it's like, where does that drive is coming from? Right. Because to, you know, build a technology company like you guys are today and to publish every single day and being consistent, right. That we, we must, have something in us. So where do you think that that came from? When I, I'll tell you a quick story. Sounds perfect. So when I was a little kid, I always remember, so we take these long trips in my parents' van. They had a conversion van. And so, you know, you'd lay the back seat down. You had the old VCR with the TV. You could pop videos in there. And if we were on a super long trip, and we do this every summer, we'd drive down to Arkansas, and I'd fall asleep on that back seat that you could lay down. And I don't know what it was. My father's always been entrepreneurial. So is my mother. She, they both have their own businesses. So I think that is the seed that starts things. And then as a kid, some of them get it. Some of them don't, right? Some of them have that seed that's kind of ingrained and built into their DNA. And I just remember always, like I, I watched this, um, it was Rocket Man. I don't yeah. know if you remember the movie. No, I've heard okay. of it. Well, now you got to watch it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's an old movie. So the, the filming is probably awful compared to today. That's, we'll do it. <laughs> but from that point on, it was, I remember him building a, a rocket ship that you'd strap to your back. Super dangerous. Not a good idea. <laughs> but you, you go through these phases where you think to yourself, you want to build. You mm-hmm. want to create. You want to do something. And that stuck with me. So mm-hmm. all the way through my childhood, all the way up until the point where I got a job and I'm in this job, I'm working for someone else mm. and there's confinement. You're not, you're corralled into a way of working. Yeah. You don't have the flexibility to then create like you normally would or go out and be the kid that you want to be, build a rocket ship and strap it on your back and see what happens. <laughs> right. So that I think was the, the point or at least the seed that made me realize that my my purpose or my goal in life was to be a, a creator, to develop things and use the ideas that I had to make something fun yeah. for myself, but also something that had value for other people. Yeah. Interesting. You talked about feeling corralled. That's uh, the word you use. I think maybe I'm mispronouncing it. No, no. Yeah, you're right. But I feel also when you're building and definitely this is coming from personal experience. I don't know if everybody does it that way, but I feel like at times you still feel that way, oh, yeah. right? Uh, whether for X, Y reason, but you feel like I'm in a, in a loop. I'm doing the same things over and over, and I want to change some things, but I'm stuck, right? And it feels now more than a job, and you're trying to build something, but now you're like, I'm stuck in my own, the job that I created yeah. for myself. Have you been in that position? Oh, without a doubt. How so, do you move out of that? So I think the the value that working in an, an organization, like a large organization, the value that that gives you is that you have all of these other people, all these other resources that you can rely on Mm. and you don't recognize it when you're in that corralled moment, when you have Mm. gates around you that you have all that support 
when you're working for a company. There's a reason why there's gates around you. It's because mm-hmm. they're help, they're allowing you to offshore or off delegate other things that you would, you feel like maybe you need to do, but somebody else can do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. But when you own your own company, all of a sudden you have to learn and act like a CEO, like a president. You have to have this uh, mentality about how you build strategy and tactics around what you're trying to do. Yeah. And so you start finding ways to eliminate some of the, the low hanging fruit mm. and give it to somebody else that, that can actually do it. Right. Cause no. it's, it's kind of like, um, for me, there's so many like emails, those tasks I can do, but somebody else can also do it. Yeah. Right. Or when yeah. I, when I'm working in the gym, when I first started personal training, I didn't want any other trainer to train mm. because I was like, nah, they're not going to do it. Like I want to do it. <laughs> and the reality is there's a ton of great coaches and a ton of great trainers. Yeah. Some even better than me and most better than me. Yeah. Yet I still wanted that control. So yeah. when you're in that entrepreneurial mindset and you have this vision at certain points, you have to realize you have to let go of things. And I mm. just had this conversation uh, with my wife the other day because we're hiring for positions. And she said to me, I can't believe I've got to explain myself so many times over to this person. And I said, just do this. Expect only 80% out of them because if they can do 80% of what you're doing, they are going to help you move further along. Yeah. But if you expect them to do a hundred percent of what you're doing exactly the way you would do it, they're not going to be with us very long. Yeah. And the reason why they won't, won't be with us is because they might also have that entrepreneur s- uh, spirit, that seed. And if that's the case, and they can do it just as good as you or better. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. gone. Everybody has a purpose and everybody has to, to fit together and work together. Yeah. I love it. And we see this often, right, in our environment with content teams and people that, you know, they might be starting to create themselves and they, they start enjoying the process maybe, right, and they get into the editing side and then they realize that it's a lot of, it's a time suck, right? At right. the end of the day, and they might be better doing something else or they might be better at creating their relationships and evolving those things and start delegating. You see a lot of it in the creator economy, right? A lot of YouTubers, right? That they need to keep that content consistent because that is the source of their revenue. They don't have maybe a business on mm-hmm. the back end, And that's the point where it's really challenging for them because they've, we always feel that we developed like either our own system or our own voice, right? And it cannot be replicated, right? And I think that has been a journey in the last three years for us where, you know, learning how to first cope with that understanding, be aware of it, uh, maybe embrace it, right? Because that means that we're growing and then developing the systems, right? Or the processes to do that. We're like, we're in the middle of it, developing processes for two or three products that we're currently executing on, right? We're kind of extracting what are we doing and, right. and putting it so we can, you know, somebody else can take over. Uh, and personally, I think for me, I don't know for you, Fonzie, but for me, it's like when I'm like over it. I'm like, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past my, my limit of my water cup. That's it. My water is overflowing. <laughs> I feel like we need that. And I'm learning to recognize not to get to that point. Right. But it's taking a lot of, a lot of years. So if, what would you say to people that are in that moment right now where it's like, uh, I feel like I still can do these things. What are they missing out on? Right. For me, it was, I'm missing out on having conversations. I can grow the company faster. Right. So I'm like, wow, that was a big pain. Like if we don't grow, then what are we, you know, what are we doing this for? Um, so what would be your advice or how was your personal experience when you first started kind of letting well, people I, do I, the thing? Yeah, I think that it goes in phases. I mean, to your point, you talk about you, you have these things that you want to do and 
you're, you're developing these systems for the next project or the next service or the next product that you're, you're working on. And you don't actually know what that system is and you don't really know what it's going to be. So the first step is let's just start somewhere. Yeah. Right. Let's start building. Like, what did I just do today for this and identify it? And over time you'll refine it. But every company I think goes through those growing pains. You're going to put in a shit ton of hours. I mean, startup companies plan on not sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And if you do sleep, you're sleeping and dreaming about your work. So you feel like you've gotten 24 hours of work every single day because that's what you're doing. Yeah. But you have to go through that because you find areas where you can make improvements. And then as you get to a certain point and you go, all right, man, I, I think I figured this thing out. And you're realizing some of those other things are time sucks for you, right? Whether it's an editor or it's uh, uh, someone who's doing graphic work for you or it's responding to emails or helping other customers understand some of the low level things that are so simple to you, but may not be to them. Yeah. I just hired an assistant and I'll tell you, man, I took, I I usually don't take super long showers because I know that I've got to hurry up and get to the next thing. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day that I too also hold meetings, right? Like if I'm going from one thing to the next and I got to jump in the shower and I got to go take the kids and then I've got to, you know, shave or I got to, you know, get ready, get dressed. I might be unseen, my camera's off. Thank God it doesn't just pop on. <laughs> right. And, and I'm running through these meetings and I might be popping in a shower. I might be jumping in, get my clothes on. I'm, and I'm still in meetings. And then it's the same thing late at night. Yeah. But because I have an assistant now, it's just this, cause it's been a couple of weeks for her to get up to speed yeah. on some of the systems that we have and how we operate and our, our tools uh, for software. I was able to take a 10 minute shower and I realized wow, I have new thoughts in my head, Yeah. right? Yeah. And then that can be good and that can be bad, right? Because if you have new thoughts, it's like- New idea, new yeah. product, new thing, new yeah. vertical, yeah. Right, it, mm. it, but the good part of about it is you can also identify some of the things that you're working on and how can you refine and get better in those areas. Cool. So, you know, I, I don't know if that answered the question that you asked me, it was a pretty long rant. I, I, I think, let me add here something real quick. I think it's- uh, there's a good lesson in here, which is margin. And we've talked about it in previous episodes. We actually had a guest that shared this story with us, which is the reason why books have margins on the edges is because previously, you know, like centuries you know, ago, the tablets. books were printed, <laughs> or tablets, the books were actually printed all the way till the edge of the book, but then the rats would it like the edges. Mm. And then when people would open the books, they couldn't read what was there. So, like, there was stuff missing. So, they created margins. So, when the rats would eat at the book, you can still read the whole thing. So, you know, the lesson goes to we need margins in our life to have, you know, we can eat at those margins if we need to. We can write down on the edges. We can have ideas. We need that space to come up with new things. And personally, something that I realized is that when you're on that go, 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 you don't have that downtime, you don't create those margins, you miss a lot of opportunities too. So for example, on the podcast, I remember, you know, we finished the episode, oh yeah, this was cool, awesome. Maybe I sit here for a minute, like, wow, what a good episode. And then I go on and do the next thing. Mm -hmm. But I realize there's actually a lot of value on 
sitting for a little bit and thinking, okay, what were the main points of this conversation that I just had? Like, this was absolutely amazing, but what are the lessons that I took? Because I've been trying to go to, you know, episode 120 from our podcast, and I was like, wow, that is so cool that we had this person on the show. But then I was like, what the heck did we talk about? You know, like, I don't, I don't fully remember. At least I don't have, like, one big key takeaway that I can say this was the one thing that I learned from this person. I have the feeling and the emotion with me of talking to that person, how cool it was, but I didn't put, I didn't have the margin for me to sit down and, you know, process the information that we talk about and have that, you know, commit to my memory, my long-term memory. Well, so we have all the episodes on YouTube and, and you know. Spotify. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, uh, you know, 400 hours of content, right? <laughs> That's the other, the other side. Um, but now I'm like being more intentional with it. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Like these conversations are incredible. Why do I want to stick with me? Why do I want, let me create something right now that I can publish later on, right? Rather than just move on to the next thing. So to your point, and I think the lesson here is, how can we build margin within our lives? Because you were going from one meeting to the other, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't effective, right? I'm sure it was to a certain extent. But now that you have downtime, maybe you have a meeting and you're like, you know what? Maybe this thing we can oh, yeah. do it a little bit better, right? We can improve this system in this other way. So yeah, definitely super important to include those systems and processes to include margin in your life. Once you have margins, right? Because now now mm -hmm. you do you've probably been in positions in your life where you've experienced having margin. How do you prevent from filling those margins back up? Oh right? yeah, because that's a good question. I've been in that position where I'm able to build some margin in my week or in the day. And then what ends up happening is like, I end up filling it up with more stuff, right? To, I think it's like my automatic mechanism of like how I've been operating mm -hmm. for so long, right? So that's You just wanna feel busy. Your comfortable space is being busy. Uh, I don't know if busy is the thing, but like doing the thing. And I think it's, it comes out, this is one of the things I've been working with my coach, right? It's like reframing like what that means to me, right? right. Um, so how do you do it? Yeah, so I think it's inevitable, right? If you're, if you're a creator and a developer, you're in the space of making new things happen or uh, having natural ideas, like you can't turn it off, right? This damn <laughs> no. thing continues to, it doesn't stop. So your, your whole, your new house is full of whiteboard walls. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> Sticky notes everywhere. Right. Uh, beautiful mind, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah. And I think having the, the recognition and, and being aware of it is the first step. Yeah. And the, the second point to that is that's part of the evolution. Right, so you started in a position where you're a startup, you're an entrepreneur, you're a solo act, you're a solopreneur, whatever you wanna call it, and you're working your way through this position of finding out what kind of business are you, right? Are you gonna maintain that entrepreneurial spirit where you're just going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to be a solopreneur, you're going to have just your own company, it's you're, you're the one running it, and that's the extent, that's how big you wanna be? Or are you going to grow it into a corporation? Yeah. And if you're headed that direction, you're gonna head to be big, you're always gonna fill up. And then you have to find a, a release valve. You have to find somebody yeah. that can take over and you have to, to kind of plan it ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. So know that every week, here are the things that will eventually become low level items that'll be easy picking fruit for somebody else. And it's an easy, <clears throat> easy job. Yeah. You hand that off to somebody else and you know that you're gonna be hiring for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I've yeah. worked through it mentally. I love that. Uh, we have this cousin, uh, Victor. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's down in Miami. He's an actor. He's done short films. He's still doing the thing. And he's working as a manager now in one of the most popular, like, bars slash wine bars in, in Miami. It's, like, three stories high. And then recently he decided to pursue entrepreneurship. And, uh, and he does this killer tres leches, like, desserts, like, uh, gluten-free, amazing for health. And he's a very fit guy. You see him in a cover of a magazine. He's like, bro. I want those torsos. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to send them this, just this part. I love <laughs> And uh, we were trying to recruit him for a podcast just for his looks. That's it. He doesn't need to talk. He just needs to sit there. <laughs> All clickbait. <laughs> All clickbait. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is like yesterday we spoke for like two hours so because we haven't kind of caught up. And I'm like, how's the business going? I mean, how are you feeling? Like, are you sleeping, right? Because like he's in the startup mode. He raised some money to like build like this little cart that they allowed him to put in the in the restaurant. He's cooking. He's like servicing clients. He's hiring people to man the little cart. He's like coming up with different products. So people are asking for these things, right? And and we, we spent two hours talking about specifically like how to prepare for the day, you know, the day that comes after. Mm-hmm. And it's the little things, the 10, 15 minutes that you might take to look at the calendar the next day and be like, okay, these are the, my top priorities. This is my creative energy where, where I feel better on creation mode. This is where I handle things. So me personally, like I feel a lot better handling calls in the afternoon because yeah. I like having those conversations, right? I feel more creative in the morning, right? So it's like now is my personal battle. Like how do I structure my day between- I'm just the opposite. My, yeah. my afternoon is my creative time. Interesting. I am, um, you know, I will be on the call and then right after the work, the workout is my last thing of the day because it helps me kind of release. Mm-hmm. And then I get home, good to go to play with the kids, right? A lot of people are like, hey, let me start my work in the morning, right? So it's really interesting to start being aware of that, not following maybe trends and stuff that we see either on social or different things, uh, but understanding really like what, what your body and your mind might need. And that has been very interesting to me. Uh, what are some of the habits maybe that you have on, the, on a daily basis to to freaking kill the day? My <laughs> habits the past three weeks have been awful. <laughs> like my assistant does everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier that way. <laughs> yeah. Hire an assistant guy. Yeah. That's a lesson. <laughs> hey, that's a, I, I love it. I love it. Especially with, you know, with family. I get how that can be a little crazy. I mean, I think there's, there's just a not so real image of how things can be in social media, right? Well, and a, yeah. a lot of these people that do all these things, you're <laughs> like, well, they don't have kids, you know? I, I saw a post the other day of this lady saying like, yeah, all this, you know, the bro, whatever, sharing about their, you know, their morning <laughs> ice bath and sunlight and stuff. And like, I'm not saying it's wrong, but she's like, but like the mom is the one taking the kids. She's like, I want the mom's routine. I want to learn yeah. that thing. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. they're the one doing busy, doing all this hard work and all that stuff. And I, I was like, Interesting, you know, it's a different, again, different point of view, but like we always talk, there's a how for everybody. Like there's no just one way to add up to 10, right? You can add up to 10 in many different ways. And it's the same with, you know, funding, because the overall arcing topic right now is like, how do we find our most productive self when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? It's like, all right, well, there's many different ways that people can achieve that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me though, like three weeks have been shit, but- (laughs) You also have to know that that's going to happen, oh, yeah. right? You can't, you can't go through life thinking to yourself, every single day is going to be a perfect day and it's going to be exactly my routine. You have to have, you, 
some flexibility in your life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to go with the flow. So, cause if you don't, then that's going to be a stressor on you. Yeah. If you can't just, well, my routine screwed now. So now I'm pissed and I'm stressed out and <laughs> yeah. you know, so for me, my, my typical routine is early up in the morning, 5am workout by 530. Uh, I'm done within an hour, maybe an hour and a half kids get ready to school, right? Cause that that's part of my day. So yeah. it's, you know, you're, yeah. you're cooking, making breakfast, making lunches, getting them off to school and spending that quality time with them. Cause they yeah. want to talk about their day. And then immediately I'm in the meetings yeah. right after that. So as soon as I'm into my meetings, but I've got to get my, my workout in and getting my workout in, having my time for some mental clarity, meditating a little bit, stretching a little bit. Mm. Those are, are key for me. And then every evening, every single evening and this can be a completely different conversation but every single evening i you know i i pray and i meditate and i you know i'm mm. extremely faithful to god yeah. and i think that's had a huge impact on the way that i function the way that i operate because i know what's or at least i know what to believe is there absolutely right so that's that keeps you grounded Right. For sure. Well, and now you have 10-minute showers, so, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've, I've doubled up my shower time. Double up your shower time. Wow, talk about a good ROI in yeah, there, Yeah, don't right? tell us your shower time because we're, all, we're both going to be jealous. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I, I do. I have a Kindle. I do my reading in, in the shower. I bring in my Kindle, and yeah, I just read it, it there. Put it up on the wall, on the shower wall. It's waterproof. It's, oh, it's waterproof. Must you just nice. hold it in there, just, just read it in there. It's nice. awesome. My, mine is, I get both kids in there. But yeah, you know? I have no kids. I have, I have I have no kids, but you know, that's definitely an advantage. I, I want to transition topics in here. If that's okay. Do you have any other questions you want to add? No, so many, but you know. All right, ahead. cool. I mean, I just want to, I want to, you know, learn more about boss ups and what you guys are doing in there. Cause again, there's so much to cover in your story, right? The business that the fitness business that you built before, but now you are in a software company. And I think that's fairly different, you know, whether it's in the same industry, it's fairly different what you're doing, uh, what you mm-hmm. used to do. And I think you, in a way you had to reinvent yourself on how do you market this? How do you sell this product? So share a little bit on what the product is first. So people get an idea. And then I'm curious to see the before and after, like, what were you doing when you first started? Right. And then how are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. So BizOps is a health, wellness, and fitness management platform to help gym owners and fitness businesses like to really improve the way that they do business and help them make more money. More importantly, we cut costs significantly because what a lot of these business owners don't realize is that they pay on the processing fees. Mm. So they go through the process of going through a gateway, which is kind of hidden usually. We don't hide that from them. Then they go to a processor and then they charge a fee. And then there's the kind of like the third party and they charge them additional on top of the interchange rates. And mm. if you don't know what interchange rates, look at it. You'll understand yeah. it a little bit more. Everybody right now listening is like going to their phone, like, let me see what are the, yeah. the rates that they're taking away from me. <laughs> so, so we, we save on that and then yeah. we give you the business that you need uh, so you can operate more efficiently. Cause nice. most businesses, the last thing you want to be doing is always be behind a computer. Yeah. If you can be with your customers and supporting what your vision is, supporting yeah. your goals, the customers are the ones that are bringing you the money. So you got to take care of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, you know, to your point about like, how did I transition into that? My oldest son right now is in college. He's a second year student in college and he's concerned about like, what is his next step? Right. What does he take for a course? What does he plan for? What college degree does he get? Because this is now the rest of his life. Yeah. And I think <laughs> a lot of us were probably at that point where there's this, 
what do I do? My life is about to happen and I have to have something picked and this is the, the career trajectory. Yeah. I still feel that I, way. I'm 30. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm still picking, right? Yeah. I'm still picking. Um, but I remember going through college and I, I wanted something, which I didn't go down that path. I got a degree yeah. and then I pursued fitness that happened to be the degree that I was in. And then as I kind of evolved, I still had these like childhood ideas of building like a rocket ship and strapping this thing to yeah. my back. And you have these creative moments and you go, well, I, I want to develop uh, software technology. And I remember the phones didn't have apps on them. And I was trying to develop something that could work on a phone or on some kind of tablet device because we didn't have the, we had texting, but it was that QR, yeah. you know, whatever you have to go through the letters in order to text. <laughs> um, so I was developing in that space early, lost a lot of money, but learned a lot of hard lessons. And then as I went through it, fitness was easy to sell. It was easy to sell because one, I really believe in it. And I think everybody can yeah. benefit from having a coach or somebody in the fitness uh, space, helping them get healthier and more fit and live a healthier lifestyle. When it comes to software, it's a totally different ball game to sell. Yeah. Because even though I believe in my product and I believe in what we're doing and how we're building this thing and how it can help gym owners and, yeah. and fitness businesses, it's a lot harder to sell yeah. because somebody has to have a true pain point with their software. It has to be such a pain point yeah. that they go, Oh yeah, I need that. Yeah. 80% of the population, the pain point is I'm overweight. I'm obese. I feel like shit. So fitness is easy to sell. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, let me give you the magic pill. You're done. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Take this, yeah. this vitamin or drink this shake uh, yeah. or do this five minute routine, <laughs> right. Or watch yeah. Instagram for two seconds and see somebody else on there. <laughs> Follow yeah. their routine. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes those problems, right. With software and the type of product that you guys are building, it might not be, they might not know that they have it. Right. Like you said, like, especially in, in cutting those costs that are hidden, like they don't show them for a reason. Right. I remember we worked on a project a while back with, with a, it was like a wealth location and we're trying to integrate like this funnel promotion with their management system, which is one of the people that you guys are going after. And it was a pain because like everything was closed. We had to hire somebody uh, to do like an API connection on the back end yeah. for the strategy that we wanted to do, which eventually got them a ton of leads and like 300 booked appointments in two days, right? But it was like, it's so complicated to deal with that. And obviously you as a business owner, right? You're like in the midst of things, you know, I've, I've managed studios before and you're like staff things and the members and memberships going through mm -hmm. and the payments. And you don't even think about the other things that can be holding you back, mm -hmm. right? So the smoother that operation happens with the support of your software, of obviously your team and different things, the better, the, the faster you can move and I think like what you guys are doing for small businesses and especially in the fitness industry is so incredible because yeah. I've been there, right? I, I remember seeing it for the first yeah. time, like, oh, man, where was this when I was a manager? Yeah. Like, this would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm curious. We've never obviously built, built software. Not yet. Not yet. Eventually, maybe. Who, who knows? You know, who knows? <laughs> but when we got into entrepreneurship, right, one of the gateways for us was actually a software company, right? And the interesting thing is that they are a bootstrap software company that they grew to be, I think their value now at like a billion dollars, yeah, right? They're big. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're huge. And I remember seeing their marketing and I absolutely loved it, right? And for reference, they do direct response marketing, right? And I was like, wow, 
And in my mind, again, that my, my frame of reference was just that. I thought that's how all software companies grew, right? They had info products, they help people and stuff like that. And then eventually they sell higher tickets, they sell their software, etc. But then I learned about the J curve, right? Companies that have big investments up front, right? And they invest in lots of resources and then eventually, you know, their sales teams, they start selling software and then, you know, they start reaching profitability. I was like, wow, that is very interesting. So I'm curious on where you stand in there, right? Like, are you, have you guys have some investment and then you have investment invest in some marketing and whatnot? Are you guys bootstrapped? If you're bootstrapped, what is your method for, you know, getting the software out into market? Yeah. So first of all, anybody watching or listening to this, we used you guys to help us develop our, our podcast and, and the, the vision on how we actually approached podcasting. Cause the, the first vision that we had on this or the first uh, methodology was just to have a podcast in the fitness space. And it was, that was kind of it. Then talking with you guys, it was, all right, well, this is how you need to structure it. This is how you need to approach it. And that, <clears throat> that gave us more authority in the space, mm. quite honestly. And we got customers from that, right? So that your plan of action on how you helped us grow, that was, that was one of the marketing channels that we use. And I think there's a lot of value to that because even the podcasts that we do, we take that content and then to your guys' point, right? So, you know, it's, it's helped us a ton yeah. when it comes to how we we've grown. I mean, it was, in the beginning, it was bootstrapped. I mean, we were just my partner and I, yeah. he was working on uh, the code and I'd give him roadmaps and we'd talk through it. And it was all our own personal investment, right? Yeah. We didn't we didn't go out anywhere. So the benefit I think from having, from doing this on your own, okay, is you don't have to report to a board. If you have customers who have specific needs, you can go help develop for that if it makes sense in your roadmap to get yeah. it done earlier than later. And, um, so then you, you cater to the client and then they want to refer you and that pro that cycle happens. Um, the disadvantage is, is if you don't get investment up front, like big, big investment dollars just to develop and deploy and then go get your marketing and sales, uh, underway, you end up in a position where your sales cycle is a little longer, right? The ability for you to get to a, yeah. a, a profit point takes a little longer. Mm -hmm. So we're finally at the point where we are actually hiring sales team. Nice. You know, we're, we have our marketing team in place and uh, we started kind of slow last year intentionally and now we're growing and finally, you know, yeah. to my benefit, I have someone that can help me out <laughs> on some of these things. That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. so good to hear. And, and uh, I want to thank you for executing <laughs> on, uh, on, you know, some of the things that, that on our side, you know, we share and we've seen work with, with our own stuff. So I'm very proud that that got yeah. you guys some traction and thank you for, for sharing it with everybody. Um, so what's, what's next, right? Like what, mm -hmm. where are you guys going? What's, uh, what's the North star? Um, what's focused right for 2024? And, uh, do you have any advice for like entrepreneurs that are hungry that, you know, they want to put their rocket ship in their back and, and kind of fly away into, into this world. Right. Um, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So the, the, the first group of customers that we're targeting is 24 hour access, personal trainers and small group studios. Uh, obviously we can support big gyms, but we want to target that group first yeah. because we know that they need the most help. And then beyond that, 
are, uh, you know, getting into the medical space. Mm-hmm. So we're already working in the medical and clinical space. And we have some customers in that arena. And I nice. know that they need a lot of help. A lot of the software is pretty legacy product. Mm-hmm. So getting in there and helping through uh, the process with making sure the HIPAA compliance is there and they can get their EMR records and everything gets pushed. Um, yeah. That's that's the other space, and that's a that's a huge space for us to really get into, and we'll probably get into that in Q2 of uh, 2024. Yeah. So good. I just uh, thought we we actually had a conversation with a company called Sala. Uh, they're actually like in the all similar space. What they they have a ton of soccer players and stuff it's like for a different project that we're doing, and I would love to to maybe connect you guys uh, because I think like there's some synergies there on the software and you know this is a cool thing about podcasting by the way for those listening it's like you start finding and meeting all these amazing yeah. people and then connections happen and then opportunities come so uh, yeah. you're seeing it happen live so I'm yeah. actually putting like a to-do here for me to, to do that <laughs> because uh, anyways I think I think that's gonna either help somebody but apart from that I'm very excited that you guys are looking for like where the demand is right like you guys may be like wow maybe somebody came that is not in my market but they might have the same need right. we had an example with uh, one of the calls that we join every morning it's like this guy's developing um, an app for for horses and there's this guy that came in and he does dog training and the guy does horse training so the framework of the application can work for dog training this guy has 36 million people on his email list wow this business can change overnight wow. if they partner together. And obviously they're, they're talking. So be open to opportunities, be open to like different conversation on market, create those margins so you can have 10 minute showers and conversations with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm excited. And read your man. Kindle. Very, <laughs> yeah. very important. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of learning right there. Just let me tell you. I, I, I'm curious on, um, you know, you're going to tackle this kind of like, you want to tackle this new market. You already have like an existing market that you've been going for. You said the podcast has helped you, you know, build relationships. I'm sure, uh, you know, acquire some clients. What other channels are you guys using? Like you say, you you guys have like a little marketing team now. Sales? Are you guys doing cold call as well? You guys running ads? What other type of marketing channels are you guys yeah. using? So ad- ads are starting um, late this month. Cool. So you know the the woman who knocked on your door and you know was going to right so yeah. she she's our director of marketing nice, she handles nice. everything marketing and ads will be starting later this month cool. uh, we have most of our stuff is outbound but we do have an email list so we continue to warm those people up cool. and pull them through the the system yeah and of course anytime you do paid advertisement you're going to get leads you're going to get people interested in your product They're, yeah. you're going to build more awareness and the fact that we have now over the past year built some awareness about our product in a different light, right? So, I mean, this is any business. Yeah. If you might have a business, you might be really, really good at what you do, but if you're not visible to anyone for them to see that you're good at what you do, then it's really hard for them to make an assessment on the fact that that's something they want. Mm -hmm. So, because you, you do have your window shoppers and they yeah. want it, they want to like kick the tires a little bit. Yeah. So this past year was us kind of building the the foundation and, and building the body of the business. Nice. So that way when people do peer in through our windows and they took a look at uh, our website or they look at uh, yeah. what's on Spotify or YouTube, they see yeah. that there's something there yeah. and they go, okay, well, this might be real. Trust yeah. increases, yeah. right? Like the chances will increase for, for yeah, you guys. Absolutely. I, I love looking at new software like i go on their website and be like oh like this is cool and stuff but i mean more often than not the 
the thing that deters me from trying them out is kind of like that lack of being legit. You know yeah. that I'm like, all right, who who made this thing? Right, like right. I I don't I don't know. Like it could have been it, it, it could just be a setup. <laughs> but there's a lot of software that I've tried that I've like somebody I follow on Twitter for a while. And they are like, oh, we launched this software, right? And it's within their expertise. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, let me try it out. And I, you know, run through the trials. I pay maybe. I'm in there for like two, three months using it, you know? And then maybe I'm like, well, I'm not using it as much as I should, you know, let me cancel this. But the fact that they already have some sort of authority, right? Some mm -hmm. image build in my head definitely helped me 100% to, you know, invest in that software. And it's... Same as, the, again, that first software that we were talking about that we got kind of like a gateway to entrepreneurship. Their first strategy was he, I mean, him, one of their first strategies, he launched a book, right? He authored a book on how to sell things online. And I went, I read that book and I was like, whoa, this is absolutely amazing. Then I started, look, you know, I searched for the guy. I saw him everywhere. He had a huge online footprint because he had been publishing for a very long time. And when I got to the software, I was like, this is legit, no right? Like yeah. somebody that is as exposed like that, you know, somebody that is going to put their reputation on the line, right? And be a thought leader, put themselves out there. They're probably not going to sell you smoke because if they do, guess what? Like you're at the forefront of all the critics and all the negative reviews. So I think, you know, just talking about your stuff, being the thought leader, publishing, just being in the, you know, the forefront of your company is going to be It's incredible, right? It, it just it speaks positive when people start researching and you got the window shoppers that are going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them a, a shot. The uh, thing that I want to point out. So I, have you guys seen BitCon on Netflix? BitCon, no. Okay. So it's it's about a guy and a, a couple guys actually. And this guy's in jail now or going to jail for life. Uh, but the Bitcoin frenzy, right? The the frenzy of buying cryptocurrency and it having value and, and people being able to get into this. Yeah. We talked a little earlier about uh, the ETFs and, and mm -hmm. Bitcoin uh, having that available uh, on, on the stock exchange. But when he did this, what he did was, I know we're running out of time, so I'll no, be right quick. No, we're yeah, good, yeah. we're good. <laughs> um, so the, the authority and the awareness and, and the brand building or putting your reputation on the line, Yeah. He and his partners, what they did was they built this website. They just ripped off everything from somebody else's website, copied mm. everything. They went out and got somebody. I mean, they sold the dream, yeah. right? And not enough people, SEC, still hadn't gotten their hands around how Bitcoin worked and everything. So they're selling the opportunity to get a token online to be able to use a, a credit card that is Bitcoin enabled, right? So you can, you can have your Bitcoin credit card mm. and pay for anything, anything, anything outside, yeah. right? Great idea. There was a company out of uh, Asia that was doing this. And so they just copied everything. Wow. So we're selling this idea that made a ton of money. And when you went to their LinkedIn profile, everybody on their team just changed it to Harvard, you know, changed, changed yeah. their logos, great graphic designers. So you look at all this stuff and it's all just a big facade. Yeah. Right. So there are companies out there yeah. like that. that But do they'll those suffer things. the consequences. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, for life, right? I life, to, yeah. I life in jail. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> But for the customers, they don't see that, right? But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like a lot example. of people. That's got, a great example of like, you know, 
do your research, right? If you want to buy something, like, is the, the person creating content? Is the company creating valuable yeah. stuff? Are they adding value to my life? But, dude, Michael, this has been an absolute pleasure having you here in the studio. I'm so happy. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, there's going to be part two, part three. Yeah, can't wait for uh, open. Can't wait for a poker session. Poker session. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you want to, to say before we head out? No, man, I, I just appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm looking forward to having you guys on hopefully at some point soon. So let's, let's go. go. Yeah. I'm just going to say this is proof of coffee serendipity. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. More yep. like parking lot serendipity. Parking yeah. lot. Like, uh, being horse, scared. Horse serendipity. Horse serendipity. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Horse serendipity. It's okay. We're, we're very grateful. Guys, with that yep. said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BeastBrosCo. That is right. If Michael here help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five star review i made it for a five i had something in my hand a five five star bye guys <laughs>